Welcome to Picks with the Professor, the show where a real statistics professor and his friends give you sports betting tips. I am your host, Professor Sides. It's my actual job title and last name, which is part of the reason why the mathematical model that I have built to predict various sports outcomes is affectionately known as Sideline. You'll hear more about the model during the course of this episode, set to cover the five best college basketball games plus one off the wall game scheduled to be played on Friday, February 3rd, 2023. In case you're here, check out the webpage on the banner. It's www.pixeprofessor.com slash new for some explanations, community rules. See the Google Sheet for sidelines projections on every single game. The model also has graded picks, but because there are no locks in gambling, those are parsed into three categories. Loves, likes, and leans. That is A, B, and C grades. There are two different ways to get the picks, either via Patreon or Blackbook Sports. Mostly just depends on what you're looking for. Hopefully you've got a package built for your needs, whether that's early access to model projections ad-free shows, instant access to picks, and or the Discord chat, which is the best place to get questions answered about these or other games. Don't forget that for the results of all recommended picks, the ones in the show, the model eight grade plays, the plays of the day, that can be found on Blackbook Sports and the Google Sheet. All the links are in the show description. But as always, take what you like and leave the rest. Lastly, please understand that good and bad variants will occur. So as much as we'd like to say we'll be profitable each and every day, that is an impossible reality for any gambler. Uh, Jake, we are recording this uh, on February 2nd, so I have to lead in with, well, it's Groundhog Day again, again. because mm-hmm. if you haven't watched Groundhog Day, hopefully by the time you're watching this, there's either still time or you can watch it on February 3rd and get that viewing in. You know, uh, it came out 30 years ago. I've already got my, my, my viewing in this year. It's an annual tradition. Uh, it's got a lot of great lines and a lot of great quotes. So uh, one of the best days of the year, anytime you can have an excuse to watch uh, a classic such as Groundhog Day. Look, I still love the idea of them releasing like a sequel and building that up and then just re-releasing the same movie. Like, uh, like yes. That, that would be an epically great troll kind of thing to that- do. Really, that really would be. Unfortunately, I feel like Bill Murray's gotten to the to the age now where like that would be a harder. Like I feel like that ship has unfortunately sailed. No, I mean like re-release the same exact movie. No, no, I mean for the teaser because because what you'd want to do, what you'd want to do is get like some footage, right? Like a like a preview almost, and then really you know just get like three minutes worth of footage. It wouldn't have to be much, right? (laughs) And you can really mess with people. Um, Well, we've got. a, a solid Friday slate here, I think. We're going to go a little bit Ivy heavy today, but it's not a bad slate for not that many games, right? We've got uh, a 4 o'clock, a 6 o'clock, an 8 o'clock, a 10 o'clock game. Got some Mountain West action. I feel like the slate's not bad for a Friday. It's it's surprisingly strong for how lean it is. Yeah, yeah. It's it's one of those we got the good teams playing good teams in each conference, so you get good games out of it, even though there's just not a lot of them. Yeah, absolutely. All right, well, before we get to it, then, some reminders. Please hit that like button if you're on YouTube. Also, if you aren't yet, please consider subscribing or following. It's free. And if you turn on notifications, you'll miss any of the college basketball and there'll be your college football content that this channel provides. I've already mentioned Patreon, but check it out if you haven't yet. Lots of great benefits to be found over there above and beyond what we do here. $3 per month gets you to play of the day. For another $2 a month, you get all of the model picks and access to the Discord chat group. And for five more dollars a month, you get ad-free shows and immediate access to every recommended pick. Go to www.patreon.com slash picks with the professor for more details. But even if you're not there, we're still thrilled to have you here. Remember, sports are unpredictable, so the discussion we have on the show is projecting a typical game and not trying to forecast to a T, as that would be a foolish and impossible goal. Also, as a reminder, we've got those A-grade plays for you out there on Patreon, so there are more picks in this. We are simply covering what we think are the more interesting and best games here of the day. 
Uh, remember, always shop around for the best price. Sign up, link in the show description, add a couple more books to your options. Jake, I mentioned that four o'clock game a little bit earlier here is always, always fun. Yale at Harvard. Got our double up here pretty early in the show. Going to grab the three points with Harvard and going to go under 133. The model says on average Yale wins this by about 2.6, but Harvard's been playing pretty solid this year, and Yale started off great and just has not looked that good as conference play has gone along. They're still the better team, but going on the road winning this might not be the easiest thing. I think Harvard's got a shot to win this game. This game is huge for the Ivy League tournament. Jake, you and I were talking about this before the show started. They do that four-team tournament, which creates a lot of uh, incentive to perform well in the regular season, which I really like. I, 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 I think I like having access to the postseason for a lot of teams, but I also like some kind of threshold here where not everybody makes it to the postseason tournament because then it makes that regular season really intense. And that's what they've done here in the Ivy. I love it. You got, you know, the whoever's fifth and sixth won't be terrible teams. And this is a big game for Harvard uh, to try to make sure they get in that uh, conference tournament. Uh, home game here, got a good chance to win. Again, Yale's a better team, but at Harvard, should be a tight contest, going to grab the three. It needs to be four for a Model A grade play, but I still think as long as you're getting three, that value on the plus three makes a lot of sense. We'll talk about that in the next game as well, that that plus three is a pip. plus two, plus three. Those are two really key numbers. They start losing value beyond that. So you're going to grab the three with Harvard in a game that they might win, should hang around, should be a good game. And you're going to go under 133. The model says 129. Really thinks this game's going to stay in the mid to low 60s. Uh, Jake, tell us more. Yeah, look, this is going to be a very competitive game, very tight game. Uh, maybe not the best to watch. I mean, it's going to be one of the few things. It'll be the only game on at this time. So we will all be watching it. I mean, let's be real. (laughs) Not not the most entertaining. I mean, Harvard plays slow, very good defense that just isn't in the forcing turnover. So there's not going to be a surprise pickup of pace. It's a very Tony Bennett style defense. Every shot hard, contested, tough, not from where you want it. And they don't give up second opportunities and they don't, and they don't give free ones away. Uh, They're, they're in the top 50 in block percentage, so absolutely nothing is going to come easy for Yale here. Uh, Yale has got the much better offense, but much worse defense. So it's kind of, it's, and their defense is in the same vein as Harvard's. Like, so it's going to be a very slow game, very hard to find an open shot, just not going to be a very entertaining pace. Uh, I think it stays tight all the way through. Taking the points with Harvard at three is really smart. Under is my favorite play, but taking both is a good thing. Yeah, I feel like Yale's defense is what's let them down in conference play, that they were just a suffocating defense, really, to start the season. And that's really been what's prevented them from running away with this conference like they they have the potential to do. Mm-hmm. They just haven't been able to do it. But, again, we like this under, even despite that, right? I know I said that Yale's defense hasn't been as good, but we like that because the pace here just should be pretty slow. They both like to play at that same slow pace. So it's not one of those one team's trying to speed up, one team's trying to slow it down like – this game should not have much pace and both teams should be very happy with that. And so it's going to make it hard to get up towards 140 when there's not that many shots going off. And like you said, both teams are going to want to make life difficult on, um, on shooters where Yale's defense has sometimes struggled has been teams that are playing a little bit faster pace, you know, getting buckets in transition, that sort of up tempo, you know, creating off of turnovers, that sort of stuff. Like you said, Harvard's not really going to do that. Harvard's defensive style is a little bit different. So it should be a grinded out low scoring kind of game. And, and, you know, getting three points there makes a lot of sense. Like you said, your favorite pick there is the under. So you got two great options for you in that standalone game. 
Sticking in the Ivy, 6 p.m. Central, Cornell at Princeton. Same setup here. Going to grab the three with the road team, not the home team. But we just talked about how valuable that grabbing three is, how much, uh, how, how valuable it is. And we're going to do the same thing here. The model says this is Princeton minus 2.3. Only needs three and a half for an A-grade pick. So it's a little bit closer to the A-grade play. But again, the same thing. There's a lot of value grabbing three here. I think Cornell's the better team. And Cornell being the better team even though they're on the road, should hang around, make it interesting. It's, you know, more coin toss-ish. I do slightly think, you know, Princeton should be favored, but I think they should be favored by just, by not by three, by more like one and a half probably. And so uh, that's probably where I would put the line. So getting three, I think we've got a little value here on Cornell. The total in this one though, 157. It'll be whiplash if you're coming from that previous Ivy League game. There should be a lot of points. Models is 155, but Cornell has been massively an over team. So even though the model says under, I do not want any part of this under, I don't want to go over a high number like that either. Uh, but it's just a total that's not worth investing in, in my opinion, given that uh, it's a it's a really high number, but gosh, the way Cornell's been playing, it's just one of those, I'd rather just wait and see how it goes. Too high for me to want to go under and I'm not, uh, or too high for me to want to go over and I'm not going under with Cornell involved. Think they can hang around though. Uh, grabbing three makes a lot of sense. I think they got a chance to pull it off. I think there's a better team, even though this is a road game. Jake, what do you think? Like this, this feels so weird going with a team that has such a bad defense like Cornell. Cornell just does not like defense. But the one thing they do good on defense is they force turnovers, and that feeds that buzzsaw of an offense they have. They're fourth in the nation in effective field goal percentage. They don't turn the ball over. They shoot the three ball well. They also hit, a, and they hit a good chunk of them. They shoot a lot of the threes. Um, Princeton not the best at holding on to the ball, so that's gonna help. That's gonna help. Um, and they're also very close to near the worst at forcing turnovers in the nation. So that the bad part of Cornell's offense, not really going to hurt them here. Um, and their defense is okay. It's not anywhere near as bad as Cornell's, but it's not anything to be very proud of. Um, I'm, I was very surprised this wasn't like one and a half, like you're saying, pick them somewhere in there. Cause I think yeah. Cornell is the better team. Yep. So grabbing three points here is just makes it a great play. Yeah, and same thing here, same with Harvard. If you want to take the chance on the plus odds in the money line, it kind of makes sense as well. It's one of those long-term value plays. If you're the type of better who just makes bets once every three weeks, I'd probably take the points. It's a little bit safer. But if you're doing this night in and night out, sometimes those money line plays can create good long-term value because you're going to lose a couple more, but the payouts are going to be a lot higher when it does. I think Harvard's got a chance to win, Cornell's got a chance to win, or at least keep it close. So grabbing the points makes a lot of sense. Uh, you talk about Cornell's offense, incredibly good offense. Like Not just like for the Ivy League, just full stop, incredibly good offense. And uh, that's going to make um, you know them fun if they do happen to win the Ivy League uh, tournament, but it should be a great tournament either way. We got some decent teams here in the Ivy, so it should be some good uh, basketball. A little bit of a preview here with some of the better teams playing each other this week. And like I said, they've got five, maybe six decent teams, which makes for a lot of good uh, matchups in the Ivy. And those are two that you might want to keep an eye on here on Friday night. To the eight o'clock time slot, we're going to go to the MAC game of the night. Kent State at Akron. Going to lay the point and a half with Akron. Now, the model says this is a true coin toss game. The average score, according to the model, 66.5 to 66.4. <laughs> the issue with this is I think that Akron has just been playing really well lately. Kent State hasn't. I keep waiting for that Kent State team. They've been so good to us. We backed them so many times. 
and seems to just kind of figured out how to score them. And I kind of thought at first it was just a little bit of an aberration. It was one of those, okay, it's one time. Okay, it's two times. Now, okay, it's three times. Like, what's going on here? Akron's playing great as of late. Kent State isn't. I think in Akron, they've got a great chance to win this. I think the model's underselling Akron's chances. And as I was talking about, winning by one isn't that likely. So I don't mind laying a point and a half. I'd rather do that than lay odds. If they win by one, we just shrug and say whatever. But I think minus one and a half for Akron, minus two are good picks. Wouldn't do higher than that because it should be a tight contest. But I think the home team here, the way they've been playing has a bit of an edge. Total on this one is 134. Models is 133, but it's been underestimating Kent State's games because their defense hasn't been as good. So uh, if that's the case, maybe I think 134 probably is a pretty good price. So I would not touch the total at this number. Instead, going to focus on the zips at home. Jake, what do you got for us? Yeah, like uh, I think you really nailed it. Like with the line this short, uh, having a home team that's on a roll like Akron is, winning seven in a row right now, and three of those by some pretty weird num- big numbers. Like, like they absolutely took the soul of Eastern Michigan there for a minute. Um, and then Kent State is not playing well. I mean, they've got they're still winning, but it's just a more effective how mediocre the Mac is at the moment. Yeah. Um, and, and, and that's an important point. I, I don't want, I don't want the viewer to, to miss that. What you just said right there, that Akron winning big Kent state, not winning big. They, they're both winning. Yes. And they're not playing great teams in a lot of those. Right. But that's, that matters, right? How you play against the weaker teams matters. And it doesn't mean it translates perfectly, but that is data that is predictive. Every analytics thing we've ever done on this shows that this stuff is somewhat helpful and predictive in moving forward. Every data point you add where you destroy a bad team does tell you that you will fare better against the better teams. And every data point you have where you don't look good against the weaker team does say that now there are occasional weird exceptions and anything can happen in one game. But in general, these are overall trends that do matter. So I I think that point you made is really important that Akron's been playing really well against the weaker competition. Kent State hasn't. And that's not something that I think you should overlook coming into this game. No, no, definitely not. And I mean, like, Kent State has the better defense. Both these teams are very defensive first teams, but I think that better defense was built in the 10, 15 games at the early in the year where they were exceptional as been slowly sliding down and Akron's the other way, like slowly building up. Um, And then Akron's offense has flipped a switch in conference play. I mean, even at their extremely slow pace in these last seven games, they're averaging 76 points a game and they're forcing 20, uh, their opponents to turn it over one out of every five times um, on top of making them take very tough shots uh, in conference. Like we were just saying, Kent State's defense has gotten a little worse. Their pace has uh, slowed down a little bit, but their offensive efficiency has gone up. So I'm looking for that number to move down a little bit. And I want to take the over, but 134 is hard hard to play right now. But I really like laying the points with Akron here. I think they're going to win this by a handful of points just because of where these two teams are coming into the game. Yep, couldn't agree more. Also at 8 p.m. Central, let's head out to the Mountain West. Boise State at San Diego State. I, I love covering the Mountain West games. It's it's we all we do try to cover some of the West Coast games, especially because there's not as much happening at night. So I find myself during the middle of the week trying to throw one of these nine o'clock, ten o'clock games or whatever. On a Friday, you know, it, it just becomes one of the better games. So this one's a little bit earlier in the night, but I feel like I've talked about Boise and San Diego State a lot. Like if you've heard me, you know I like Boise and I don't really like San Diego State. That's all there's that's not to say San Diego State isn't a good team. They are a good team, but this number to me is bananas i do not understand how they're a six and a half point home favorite like i i think san diego state might be better than boise but if they are i'm not sure by how much it's by the slimmest of margins 
you know, you've got some of the home courts in the Mountain West are tougher. Now, this is a tough travel spot. It's a long flight for sure, but it's not the tough travel spot that playing at the altitude at Utah State is and Albuquerque is, you know, at Colorado Springs, you know, whatever, right? There's there's a lot of tougher altitudes to play at the Mountain West. There's obviously not one of those. I just don't see where six and a half comes from. Like to me, this should be something like San Diego state minus three. The model says 3.2 getting six and a half is an a plus grade pick with the Broncos. I love this Boise state team. They've been really good. So we backed them 10 times this year and they have gone nine and one in those 10 games. I don't know. There should be 13 times we backed them and they've gone nine and four um, in those games. So, and, and I think the other thing is, with regards to how they've been performing lately, there's the, the models playing catch up to how good they are, and they're still beating those expectations. This boys team's really good. I think they got a chance to go in and win this game. If not, they should keep it close. Again, like I said, bottom line to me is they might be as good as San Diego State. They might be better. They might not be, but it's a it's a debate you can have. And the fact that you can have that debate tells you getting six and a half points is a, a, a gift that I want to take every day of the week and twice on Sunday. Um, with regards to the total, 134. Model says 132.5, but both teams have been scoring a lot more points than the model has expected. And so if I was going to play something, I actually probably would play the over 134 in this one, just seeing how many points both teams are scoring. But it's not low enough for me to like the over. Um, I probably would be looking more for like a 131, 132, something like that before I'd be excited about the over. So instead of just going to focus on grabbing the points with Boise State, if you want to sprinkle like a, a quarter of a unit on the money line, see if the Broncos can pull it off, that might be a smart choice. Uh, Jake, what do you think? Yeah, like I think this line is kind of ridiculous. I know Shaver is questionable, but I don't think he is as that kind of value where he would change this from two, three, like San Diego State being favored two or three to almost seven. Right. Uh, I, I just don't think the books are respecting Boise enough. They have really been turning it on in conference there. Um, they've really absolutely changed the way they played from last year to this year. Yep. Um, they, uh, and the team is all made up a lot different. They lost a couple of their bigger time players, and I just don't think anybody's a, adjusted to how this Boise team's playing. I mean, I know their last game out, they put up a whopping 59 points Air Force, but that they kind of play at the pace of whoever they're playing against. Um, if you kind of dig through it a little bit, like um, with uh, UNLV, they've put up a lot more points. Nev uh, New Mexico, they put up 79, uh, almost 80. Uh, the slower teams, they tend to score in the 50s and 60s. They still win because they're a very good team. I don't know if they win tonight because without Shaver, that's going to be tough if he doesn't play or if he's not at 100%. It's going to be tough to pull out the win. Uh, but I don't see San Diego State being able to run them out of this gym. I think this is going to be a, a lot tighter game than what Boise is getting credit for here. I'm going to put you a little bit on the spot here because San Diego State – I feel like is a team that my perception is that they're going to play slow. And, and part of that is years past and grind out games. But when you look at some of the metrics, like their offense is better than their defense. Their pace isn't really that slow. It's not really fast either, but it's just not that slow. But my, my, my perception of San Jose is what Boise was last year. We talked a lot about Boise last year being a team that played in these like ridiculous 58 to 49 games and stuff like that. that's what they did last year. Yeah. And that, and then they're not that team this year. And my the perception whole Mountain West did that. A lot of the Mountain West did that, right? And my, and my perception is San Diego State's that, but they've been going over a lot lately. Their offense is good. It's, it's it just, it's, it's, it, it 
am I correct in thinking that that my perception's a little bit wrong that they that they are now kind of a different team than what we think of when we think of San Diego State? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they brought back most of the same team, so most people thought it was going to be the yeah. grinded out stuff. Yeah, they bring in Trammell from Seattle, and it's like the coach was like, "Okay, I don't like how that ended last year. Let's pl- let's play it a little faster, see what yeah. happens." And it seems to be working for them. They're doing well. Um, they're putting up points. They're a lot more fun to watch than they were last year. Uh, but I just, I think the Mountain West is a tough conference. It may not be the best conference, but I think they they stand a chance to get multiple teams in the tournament. Probably maybe three, four, or yeah. whatever, depending on how everything goes. And they could make some real noise there with this. Uh, both these two teams. You got Nevada and New Mexico, UNLV, Utah State. All, all, yeah, Utah State. Those, those can all make some noise. Yeah, I think I want as many Mountain West teams as we can get in because almost all of them play a lot. It's like, again, like the opposite of last year. They all decided we're going to start playing faster. We're going to score more points. It's fun. It's entertaining. I love it, right? That's what that's what we're looking for here. So I want all yeah. those teams to make the tournament because that makes for exciting March Madness for sure. You can definitely tell who was left out of the conference meeting with Air Force <laughs> and Fresno. Uh, just, they were left out of that decision process. Either that or just completely abstained from it. So, yeah, I'll do what you want. Yeah, speaking of, uh, perfect segue, Fresno State, <laughs> 10 p.m. at UNLV. One of the teams that's still deciding to play super slow. Um, I don't think it's actually a bad decision. We, we talk about this a lot, right? When your team isn't that good, you want to slow down the, num- the, pos- the pace because you don't want more possessions because more possessions just gives the better team than a better chance to start running away from it. So, uh, not that Fresno State is a bad bad team but relative to the top of the mountain west which has gotten a little bit deeper than it has it's been in and out there's been years where the mountain west has been great there's been years like last year where kind of you know struggled a little bit more top of the mountain west pretty solid got a lot of decent teams and fresno state's fallen behind there so going slow i think makes sense because they're just a run-of-the-mill team problem for them at unlv who wants to play fast is not a run-of-the-mill team unlv's got a better defense and a much better offense at home we think they can run away. We're going to lay the 10 with them. The model says it should be 11.4, and at 10, it reaches A-grade status. So a really good chance here. We think that UNLV wins by double digits. The model's been pretty spun on with both teams. With regards to total, it's 131.5, kind of a similar situation to what just talking about some of these that the model actually projects 127.5, but UNLV has been mostly flying over these games. There's been an exception or two. They've been scoring so many points. So been so good to us on the overs. It's a total that I'm just going to pass on. I think the number is uh, too high to go over given Fresno state's pace and the fact that they're going to go at a snail's pace, but um, I'm not going under with UNLV involved because the model projects them to score uh, about 70 points. But if UNLV put up 75, I would not be shocked at all because they're that good. We think they can get the job done for us here and cover this big number. Uh, Jake, tell us more. Yeah, look, this, this game is simple to break down, but that doesn't make it a lot because, I mean, it's all about the pace and everything and how fast UNLV builds up that big lead that yep. we think they're going to. Yep. Um, if it happens early and it gets out to 20-25, that second half could be sleepy. They still mm-hmm. might cover the 10, but the the over may go away. If it takes a little later, then the over comes more into play. But I just and, like, and, and, and or if it doesn't and that lead doesn't get out until the second half, how it happens really just tells you too, right? If it's one of those where UNLV just goes cold and Fresno just kind of is able to dictate the pace and do what they want to do, then the over stands no chance. But if UNLV scores like we think and Fresno just happens to get hot, then the over it's going to go flying over this number two. So it's, yeah, it's one of those, like you said, it's like, I can lay it all out there for you, but it's just one of those 
depending on how it plays out, there's a lot of there's a lot of variance, I guess, in this one. That's what I always talk about too. Why we like total, we love playing totals when we kind of know what the pace is going to be because we we kind of have a good feel for how teams are going to play it. And this one, it's like it could kind of go a couple different ways, which makes the the total just a, a lot more variance and a lot tougher to peg. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, Fresno has no clue what to do on offense when they do get the ball. They're very confused. Um, they can't shoot from three. They're better, barely better than a coin flip inside the arc. Uh, they don't clean up many of their misses, and there are so many misses, um, and they're just letting them, the other team have it. And the best part of their offense doesn't happen too often because they get turned into a jump shooting team. They're a really good free throw shooting team. just doesn't happen often. Uh, and their defense, fairly good for as bad as their offense is, you would think they just put a lot of pressure on their defense to perform and they've, they've done it well. Um, UNLV just plays fast. They are absolutely amazing at forcing turnovers and that kind of makes up for their pedestrian shooting numbers. Cause they're not a really great shooting team from outside or inside the arc. They're not bad, but just not great. Um, and so the extra possessions get some extra points. I think this game gets going fast and Fresno state gets left in the dust. I just don't know if that's, late first half and you can kind of pull the plug on them or if it's kind of 10 minutes left in the game and then they're done. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I just have to talk about Fresno because last year we haven't talked about them. I don't think at all this season and last year, what they did uh, maybe once or twice, but what they did last year was incredible coming into the new year. They had a game with 115 points in it. They had another game with 125 points. They had a game where they allowed 43. Uh, they had a game where they scored 50. They had a game where they scored 44. They had a game where they allowed 40. You could just see what they were doing with the pace, right? Their last game that that mattered in the Mountain West tournament, they lost San Diego State 53 to 46. Jake, that's 99 points in the game, right? And you're like, you know what you're getting with this Fresno team. And then they went to the collegeinsider.com tournament, which is, I don't even know which tournaments what anymore on these small tournaments. And they just decided they were hey. just going to let it fly. So I don't know if y'all caught this viewer, if you caught this last year, they went that first game of the tournament. They won 83 to 74. They almost scored as many points as both teams scored in the previous game. The next game they won 80 to 71. And then they were like, no, actually, we can go slow again and won 67 to 48. And they played in the, t- in the championship game and won 85 to 74. So, I mean, you had a team that was just like grinded out, no offense. We're going to play good defense, get to the tournament. They let it fly. And then so coming into the season, you're like, that kind of worked for them. That wasn't yeah. great competition, but it kind of worked. Like, are they going to? And then, no, they just decided to go really slow again. So, uh, you know, they can go at a little bit faster of a pace if they want to. Uh, I just think they're a fascinating story because they just. Who knows what you're going to get from them, really? It's it's an incredible tournament strategy. Hey, you know all that film of all 30 games. Yeah, play. We're not going to yeah. do that at all anywhere don't, here. Don't that, it's, well, then I love that. Like in the third game, they're like, <laughs> actually, we're going to go back to it just to really juke you. And like now, coming to that, ter- that championship game, poor Coastal Carolina was probably like, I don't know what they're going to do. They're going to put five guys on the court, and that's about all we know at this point. <laughs> Uh, anyway, bottom line, though, not a very good team. And we think UNLV, we love this team. They've been really good to us. Um, they are 13-8 and eight against the spread this season. We think that the number is still not quite caught up. The number should probably be out closer to 12, something like that, 12 and a half. Make you really think a lot harder about it. Here, we just got to get a double-digit win. And worst-case scenario, we push. We love laying 10 there with the running Rebels. Which takes us to overtime. Got one more pick. Going to loop back to the Ivy League here. 6 p.m. Central, Columbia at Penn. Going to cover three of the four Ivy League games here. Um, 
Should it be a good game? Columbia is by far the worst team in the Ivy. Um, they're not by far the worst team in college basketball, but they're but they're not good. They are very bad. Penn is a pretty solid team. One of the many teams that's going to be fighting for a spot in the Ivy League tournament. This game should not give them much trouble. They are favored by 14 and a half. The model says 15.7. If that drops to 14, that's an A-grade play on Penn. Columbia has just not been good, and the model is still trying to catch up on just how bad they are. Personally, 14 out of 15, I still might consider laying. Like, I think there's a good chance Penn runs away with this one. Again, I'm holding out for 14. 14 gets an A-grade play. But, Jake, you love the under in this one. It's under 144 and a half. The model says 141 and a half. So three points of value there. On top of that, we got a really good chance that Penn runs away for, in this game to just have a very sleepy second half. Jake, tell us more. Yeah, like this is my favorite total on the board, and I, I hate it. I I, just, I hate unders in general just because I feel like I'm rooting against everybody involved in the game. I just don't want anybody to do well. And I just you want you want the heart. defense to shine. You want good hard effort and good get back. You want people to be in the right position. You know, like yeah. come on, yeah. not, you know, no shame in that. <laughs> but yeah, you no, want no, you want guys to you want guys to break. You know, more yeah. or less. <laughs> Yeah, I just like, eh. but um, I mean, Columbia, they're very good at that. They've got one of the worst options, offenses in the nation. They can't shoot from anywhere on the floor. They get an unreal, I think it's like 12 or 13% of their shots blocked. So they're just not even smart when they're taking this shot. Um, and they're going against a team that wants to go really slow. Uh, Penn likes to play slow. Um, and they love to work until they get a great shot. And with Columbia's defense, they will find those that, and there will be plenty of them. It's just they're going to take their time, find that shot. Uh, the biggest weakness Columbia has on offense is their turnovers, and Penn is adverse to turning it over. They're one of the worst in the nation at making teams turn the ball over. I think it's like 14% of the time. So I, I just thought that kind of is going to slow the game down, and when they do, they're going to slow it down. Uh, very, very slow pace. Columbia, we're not, the total is not going to get any help from Columbia. It's going to be all Penn. I think. Like you said, very sleepy second half because Penn's going to run away with this one. Yeah, and, and Penn doesn't have a good defense, but Columbia's on the road isn't the offense to take advantage of that, right? Maybe at Columbia, maybe Penn's defense is bad at home. You might get you know some better looks. The bench players play a little better, may score some points. But on the road, it, it, Penn's biggest weakness is going to really get masked because Columbia is just not going to be able to take advantage of it. Like you said, Penn should score a bunch, but Columbia's not going to score a bunch. The model says on average this game is about 78 to 63, 79 to 63. And I think Penn getting to 80 makes some sense, but that would then imply that Columbia's going to get to 65. And I feel like 55 is probably more likely for Columbia than 65 is, right? Yeah, for sure. I, I mean, getting, getting them to 60 is going to be a challenge. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, then that's all we've got here for your Friday college basketball watching. Jake, any parting words? Man, I just cannot believe that like we're looking at a month till we're getting ready for conference tournaments. That's just crazy how time has flown this year. I uh, feel like every season we do this, right? Where we're like, I can't believe it's here, you know, and it does. It just time flies. Uh, yeah, I guess yeah. I, I guess we're having fun because time flies when you're having fun. Yeah. So I guess that means we're having fun, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, should be another good weekend of college basketball ahead. Uh, but thanks for tuning in to this episode of Fix with the Professor. Don't forget to subscribe so you can enjoy all the sports betting content provided on this channel. It's dropped right into your feed. I will be back again tomorrow to cover the loaded Saturday slate. Give you as many picks as I can cram into about half an hour. But until then, as always, best of luck. And remember, you can eat your betting money, but please don't bet your eating money.